0: Welcome to Rubrics a St. Timothy's podcast. I'm Father Steve Rice. I'm the rector of St. Timothy's with Father Luke Klingstead, the curate. And we are um, preparing for Quadragesima. Mm-hmm. Lent is coming, and this is your notice. Uh, we had staff meeting this morning and one of our one of our devoted members was surprised at the... <laughs> it's a week away. Yeah, the, the Ash Wednesday will be here next week, the beginning yeah, it of really Lent. really snuck up this year. Lent is earlier because Easter, obviously Easter is earlier. Everything revolves around the date of Easter. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't had a moment to really consider what that means for yourself, now is a time in the next few days to, to do that. And we'll talk about that today. It's, it's important to, yeah. to think about Lent before it begins, mm-hmm. rather than figuring out Lent after it starts, yeah. because by the time you figure out things, it's Easter. It's too late. It's too late. And it's not a... We'll, we'll talk about this. Open us up in prayer and All we'll right. talk about Lent.
1: Let us pray. Let us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us, we beseech Thee, the liberty of that abundant life which Thou hast manifested to us in Thy Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with Thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
0: So we've been talking, and people on social media have been talking a lot, about the fact that Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. this year falls on February 14th, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. Now, there is in the old calendar a St. Valentine of right. dubious historical yeah. record, mainly because there may have been one, two, or three Valentines, and mm-hmm. which one is it? So the Feast of St. Valentine has been repressed, mm-hmm. I think is the official term, meaning that it's he hasn't been sort of kicked out, but just... That day is repressed. no longer observed yeah. right. the point is valentine 's Day is not is a secular observance is, yeah. created by Our Lady of Hallmark or whoever yep. was yep. going to um, create that consumeristic commercial with, enterprise with so that we all opinion. go out
1: some of the worst candy of all the holidays
0: yeah and so I think i've been 've been thinking to myself that. And I've seen colleagues and friends with good humor and, and, and some mm-hmm. of them effectively and with with a clever approach trying to get people to make the decision now to choose Ash Wednesday right. over Valentine's Day. And the comment that I've been thinking in my head is if we have to do that, we've, we've lost a bigger battle. Yeah. if we have to make the case that the yeah. beginning of Lent, acknowledging our mortality, making the journey toward the cross of our Lord, that we may know the power of His resurrection... That if we have to make the case that that right beginning is more important than a a conjured up commercial holiday that is often vacuous and, and void of any real meaning when you can do the same thing. At any time um, is is problematic, and yes, you can absolutely acknowledge your mortality, and you should. And our need for repentance and turning to Jesus Christ at any time of the year. the The difference is, we do this together. Yeah, it is yeah. a communal turning. and we see that um, in the Litany of Penitence, which is one of my f- one of my favorite parts of all the liturgies, where there is this great moment where we confess to. To, to mm-hmm. God, we confess to the communion of saints and we confess to one another. Mm-hmm. We confess to everyone that we are broken and are in need of heaven repentance. heaven and on mm-hmm. earth and this that is we have sinned. I'm going to throw all my cards on the table now. Maybe we can talk about them individually. This is my big beef, really, one of them with with drive-through ashes yeah. or ashes to go is that you really do miss that communal aspect that yeah. it, the, the Christian life is not an individualistic enterprise. Correct. It is a Correct. communal reality. And that's the whole purpose of Lent. It's the whole purpose of Lent, and it's the whole purpose of the fact that our our ontology our identity is in is in Jesus Christ that's who we are and that is not an individualistic reality mm-hmm. it is it is to be bound up as 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 one all of creation is being made yeah. new and not individual creations but we're individual we're we're persons within that creation right. so the point is it's it's an important season it's an important day and we're going to talk a little bit today about what is right about it, how we we get it right in terms of our practice. And then I think some things that we do that dis- detract or distract us from the from the real meaning of, of, of Lent.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I, I mean the Ash Wednesday service and we'll get to this. Um <laughs> the only thing that's optional is the ashes. Um and so to, to drive through ashes is to take the thing that actually is the most optional. And forget yep. everything else, and we did um, that. And of you course. Miss a lot. Twenty
0: twenty, twenty twenty. No, no, twenty twenty one. What but, uh, we had to do optional ash. We had to do. Oh, I
1: thought you meant we did drive through. No, no, we didn't. We did we, not. Never done that. No, but but twenty twenty yeah, yeah. because yeah. of the the threat or, or, or sprinkle them. You know, people did that.
0: That's what we did. We sprinkled, which the is the
1: which actually works very nicely. Which I think is sort of fits with a more biblical understanding of yeah, especially the today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't do it to mark yourself for others, but you know, you sprinkle it on the head. People just think you have a little dandruff. But
0: you know. I'm always, I'm always moved—not surprised, but maybe, maybe I am surprised at the number of people that come to Ash mm-hmm. Wednesday and the yeah. number of people that I only see on Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. even more than Christmas and Easter. Correct. And what I wish would happen is if I saw them on Ash Wednesday. I would see them. on Easter. one, two, three, four. Or, I, would, I would see them on Easter at least. Yeah. yeah. But so I think that it's, it's important. I mean, there's so many things we can and should talk about, and time's going to limit us. But we should mark our mortality. We mm-hmm. should make this mark of a of a repentant life. But there needs to be the conclusion of that, which is the the joy and celebration of mm-hmm. the resurrection of Jesus. And I think without that communal. Celebration. I mean, the communal acknowledgement of our of our mortality, of our sin, mm-hmm. but also the communal reality, the cosmic reality of the resurrection, is even more important. Um,
1: yeah. The um, well. Well, let's let's talk about maybe preparations we should be making before Ash Wednesday, and then we can talk a little bit about Ash Wednesday itself. So you already brought this up that start now. Um, and you have to make preparations before Lent actually gets here. And I think that the biggest reason for that is that you are supposed to remember your sins for Lent and confess them. And in order to confess them, you have to bring them to mind. And so one of the preparations you should be doing, and um, as a parish we are facilitating this by having confessions available um, on Shrove Tuesday, but um, you have to sit and actually think about what have I been doing? Where have I strayed from the law of God? Where have I done wrong against God and my neighbor? That takes more than five minutes. It should take more than five minutes. Um, the big ones, you you know, you might have so much shame about that it takes two seconds to call to mind. But um, the deeper, you know, sins that maybe you're not even aware of, um, take take days to sit with that and and call to mind, you know, where am I noticing patterns of, um, you know, pride, where am I noticing patterns of neglect of my holy duties? I mean, stuff like that should take time to prepare for. So um, a week away now, um, you know, we'll get this out later today. So you got a week to prepare for Ash Wednesday if you're listening to this. Um, it might take a week. It usually does for me. Uh, I feel like, you know, when I've made confessions in the past, if I only think about it for an hour before, I'll walk out of the confessional and say, "Shoot, forgot, crap, about, crap, that. I forgot yeah. about that." Yeah, about that great line that yeah. we rely on for these and all of the things I cannot yeah. <laughs> now remember? <laughs> Seriously, um, but the longer you spend, and that's not because you know if you forget this sin, God is going to wag his finger and not forgive you. You're for not it. withholding it; but, you just forgot. Yeah, but because the more you can actually remember, the more prepared you feel, um,
0: and the more powerful that that rec- that re- that uh-huh. receiving of the grace feels to you psychologically and yeah. spiritually when you when you do remember it. There's also the part that you're even even those of us who who do it on a regular basis, there's nervousness, especially if it's a new confessor. um, Yeah. And you you just never know. Um, You can forget. Yeah. Well, I always write them down. I write them down too. I write them down and then I make sure that what I put in the trash can is is (laughs) you're unable to to take it back together. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Um, I think so that's reading. that's a good piece of advice if you're if you're going to let's let's, let's address this really quick so we are having Father Javier Arias yeah. join us on Shrove Tuesday, which is the the whole point really of Shrove Tuesday is to be shriven mm-hmm. to be to to be forgiven to confess your sins and we're having Father Javier come because even though we we offer a confession at any time and and then we have certain times during the year, we understand in this day and time where confession is not compulsory mm-hmm. all may some should none must in this tradition that we do i mean we do have regular confessors mm-hmm. they're not frequent but they are regular and they and they they benefit tremendously from that from that mm-hmm. from that sacrament but we understand that there is a reality where someone might be more inclined to take advantage of that sacramental opportunity when the, someone they don't know right.
1: is is coming right. in and we don't i don't take that personally i'm not no, offended by that I, you know especially if it's people who only do it once a year or have never done it before. Um it it helps them feel like they can be as honest as possible. Correct. Which and is if, what and we if want. That, if that yeah. helps you do that, fine. absolutely fine
0: we're fine to have him come in. So we need to you know as we as we prepare for this season to go ahead and think now about 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 my own sin about my mm-hmm. own brokenness about how i have been pulled away from the love of god how my how my understanding of who i am is has been distanced from god about how i've been how i've tried to erect my own understanding of of what is good and and mm-hmm. what is my life and what is my purpose and and all the things that are apart from god how that has has, has led me astray and i'm less of who i am because of that that this desire to return, and that even though I am broken and I am mortal and I will die, that is not the end of my existence, Right. which is a part of that, of that trust and repentance. So all this kind of comes together, and we do this on Nash Wednesday, and preparing for that is, to, again, to, to think deeply about it, to acknowledge it, and to, to, as you said, to discover patterns or deeper things, write them down make Mm -hmm. your confession, and in the act of tearing up that piece of paper with all your sins is another tangible way of saying they are forgiven. And then when Ash Wednesday comes, you you come into that liturgy now already having made that sacramental confession, and then you're at a place now where you're now saying those prayers from the perspective of having received absolution, which I think is also helpful and Mm -hmm. and, and entering the season. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You had something you said that was helpful.
1: Yeah, so I, I was just saying, um, I always try to give me something to focus on—a um, book or a prayer or a passage of scripture for Lent. But I picked up this um, little book, uh, picked up, clicked on on online. Uh, I can't really find it in print. Downloaded. It's the Observance of Lent with Saint Benedict um, by Bede Frost. Who is this? Okay. Uh, Bede Frost is good. Yeah. So this this Anglican priest. Um, I think who got in trouble for Anglo-Catholic practices. Um, I think so, if I remember correctly. But we tend to. Yeah, but but he's got some really good, um, you know, quotes from Saint Benedict, and he actually begins with what you were saying that uh, Lent is helpful because it is communal. So you know, Benedict says the life of the monk—he's writing to, to monks—should um, be Lenten at all times, but it's helpful to have these specific periods where we get together and do it. As a, as a unified body. And I think there's something um, practically helpful about that, that telling someone, you know, you should go do these things at every point in your life, fine, but when you say, let's come together and do this together, it, it helps people who might be a little hesitant or might say, I don't really know how to do this, to come together and say, we're all in this together. Um, I mean, you've known this, you know, if you've ever been, um, even to church before. Um, That prayer of confession or something that you might be a little uneasy about saying maybe by yourself at home, you get to church and you say it with everyone all at once and you're able to feel it a little more. So I think that's helpful. But then he also has this um, great um, two points. One is about the external disciplines of Lent and then another is about uh, our failures every year with these um, disciplines that we try to take on. So one, he, he says external discipline is absolutely necessary. It is not sufficient by itself. It must also be rooted in sincerity. And I think, I think the point he's trying to get at is um, some people will always critique about you know the external disciplines you're trying to earn favor of god during lent by fasting or doing this or you you think if you do these xyz things that god's going to be happier with you and that's not the point of these external disciplines um they are necessary for our christian life but they're not they're not what actually brings us close to god it's the sincerity of our heart but we know our heart and our body are related we know what we do with our hands affects what we think with our minds and so to to be honest about that is what the church calls us to do during Lent—to make our confession, to have heartfelt gratitude towards God's mercy, and also to to do certain things that help us bring our body and mind into um, unity. Because the worst thing that could happen is our, you know, heart or mind. We're trying to say we need to, we need to draw closer to God, and our body is doing something entirely different. And then we almost have this disunity within ourselves. And so to bring those two together um, is the goal of all those external disciplines. But then he also then goes on to talk about, you know, everyone fails. You know, we, we look back at our lengths in the past, and we say, they're, they're so fruitless. Um, why are they so bad? And, you know, I think he says, um, so full of good of resolutions and pious practices seem to have borne such little fruit. Um, And he uses that as an opportunity to talk about, um, you know, we we focus on the means rather than the ends so much. We get so obsessed with these disciplines. And um, I know, you know, the first few years when I tried to practice Lent, I was obsessed with finding the perfect thing to give up. What's the best thing that that I should give up? And he basically says, just do what the church tells you to do and try to keep it simple. Um, There's a benefit of not obsessing over the perfect, highest practice. It becomes a
0: source of pride.
1: It becomes a source of pride. It inevitably leads to failure, which okay. then, because you've used that as your source of pride, then brings either shame or um, despair. But then also, it, it tries to individualize Lent. Well, you know, I'm going to perfectly craft what Luke's Lent should be, and that's going to be better than what, you know, Father Steve's Lent should be. And he says, just take it simple. Do what the Church tells you to do, and in doing that, you'll actually find great fruit. And and that there's a there's a humility in that, in saying, I'm not as special as I think I am. You know, what works for Christians a thousand years is also going to work for me, because I'm no different than them. Um, we all need the same thing. We all have the same struggles that we struggle with. We all have the same sins you know, that take root in very specific, unique ways. I mean, we're still people, persons. But um, at some point you say, let me just do what the church asked me to do. I think they, I think they've developed enough saints, I think they know what they're doing. If I pray, if I fast and I give alms, fruit will be born out of that. If I am diligent about that and am sincere in my heart, um, even if I mess up, that's 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 good. That is good. So you know, I think there's a practical help there of stop obsessing about the details. Um, stop getting so prideful about, oh, I'm going to give up this and I'm going to give up this. And um, just do what the church asks you to do and try to keep it simple which is not to say easy it's immensely difficult
0: correct i the 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 point about not being individualistic is such an important point yeah. and this really is this the scandal of of western christianity and yeah. american christianity completely and i think something i've been thinking on and i hope this might be worth meditation for for, for those who are listening or watching is to consider how the practice of faith and our growth in salvation in Jesus Christ is the defeat of individualism within us. Mm-hmm. Now, when we say that, that sounds very anti-American. Yeah. Where that's sort of our our pride is that we we mm-hmm. we we are the authors of our own destiny, yeah, yeah, and, we, yeah. and we have our rights and privileges and all these things. Here's here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that as a human person, you have. A unique personhood. You yeah. are you, and you're not. You're, you are unrepeatable. Mm-hmm. You are you. You are saying that. that that's what I am saying. Yes, <laughs> I, am, I am. I am saying that you are unrepeatable. Yeah. You are you. Yeah. We're precious in the eyes of the Lord. To be an individual is to take a whole and segment it. Mm-hmm. You are unique, and you have the fullness of human nature in you. Right as opposed to taking a, a larger nature and then breaking it up mm-hmm. which is which is what happens because if we break it up and we all are breaking up the whole now we're competing yeah for resources or we're competing to have a, a greater mm-hmm. portion of mm-hmm. that whole and that is what happens with individualistic efforts without even realizing yeah. it is that now we, we are, we're fighting for survival and this is this is what i'm doing because i need to i need to to secure my place but if you recognize that you are complete and whole in your unique personhood that 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 temptation and anxiety ultimately goes away. But also what that means is is that when we let that individualistic urge go away, we recognize that we don't become who we fully are without being in relationship with one another, yeah. because that is how we are made. Mm-hmm. If we are made in the image and likeness of God, God is fellowship in the Holy yeah. Trinity. A challenging statement I read recently is saying that God is not a, a divine substance as to what Whatever that might be, which is, which is, in a, in a way, using language of creation to yeah. define God. Which is, it's not that God is made of stuff, and that stuff looks like Father, Son, mm-hmm. and Holy Spirit. The author was saying God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that is the nature and substance of God. Yeah. We start with relationship mm-hmm. first, and then go to substance, rather than going with substance. Here's the divine stuff. And then move into relationship. It's the opposite. So if we're made in the image and likeness of God, what that means is that we were made in relationship and made for relationship. Mm -hmm. And if we cut ourselves off, we're denying who we are Mm -hmm. and we are dehumanized. We're less of of who we're called to be. And your point of doing what the church asks you to do is you take on these disciplines because that is what the church is asking the whole to do, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm submitting my individualistic urge yeah. to do what the whole is asked to do, and that is the whole point of the ascetic life. Is I'm I'm not eating meat on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm abstaining on Ash Wednesday. I'm abstaining. I'm fasting on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Not because it's my personal program, mm-hmm. but I am submitting my individualistic desire for the sake of the whole and for the identification with the whole. Remember, I said this in a homily not too long ago, that the the whole point of the law in the Old Testament was not to make you righteous, but to identify you with God's covenant people. Mm -hmm. It was identification with the whole. And and fulfilling people. fulfilling all the law wasn't going to make you wasn't going to make you perfect because there was still a uh, ontological divide between the human person and God because mm-hmm. of rebellion, and and fulfilling the law perfectly wasn't going to make that divide go away. The law just simply helps acknowledge helps us show that the divide is there. Yeah, there's a, there's a wall between mm-hmm. us. And that's why Saint Paul is talking about you know the curse of the law, and the law reveals sin. Mm-hmm. Is that when we follow the law, we realize that we cannot obey it completely, mm-hmm. and we we're, we recognize well why is that? Why can't I? What is wrong with me? And that's an important part of, of that recognition. The, to to do Lent incorrectly is to make it an individualistic approach. Mm-hmm. That this is and this is why, with every good intention, I respectfully say that we're we're we are hurting. We're hurting the cause by, by giving in because of a pastoral intuition mm-hmm. to do Ashes to Go yep. or drive through Ashes. I don't doubt at all the pastoral impulse, and I don't, I'm not critiquing that impulse. The impulse is to connect people mm-hmm. to the good news of Jesus Christ in any way we can. If we're not careful, we're going to give the impression that it is an individualistic um, offer, and yeah. it's not.
1: And... So, that your day-to-day life is this, the, the, let's figure out how I'm going to say this. Ashes to go assumes that, you know, your schedule is busy. You got your stuff going on in your day-to-day life and the church can fit into that in the best way possible. And it should be the other way around. Your life should fit into the church's existence, and I understand
0: that that is an approach that someone who is formed and mature can make that decision. But someone who's on the outskirts, that may not be something that clicks um, that that easily. And I'll I'll come back to a thought I had this morning. To do Lent incorrectly is to is to go against the the warning of our Lord in in the sermon in the in the in the gospel for Ash Wednesday of of doing it for public yeah. praise yeah. This is something that I think we've all done. I'm sorry, I can't have that. You know why? I've given that up for Lent. Mm -hmm. You know I've given this up for Lent. I'm sorry, I can't have bourbon. You know why? I've given it up for Lent. I'm I'm, I'm 14 days in. I can't do it. I've given up. Uh, And then put on Facebook and say, um, sorry, um, no social media for Lent. See you later. Or no caffeine or no... Sorry, I didn't hear about that television show because I've given up television. (laughs) You see how that can happen. And the idea is let me deprive myself of something, but then now I'm getting the benefit because i'm depriving myself mm-hmm. of something if we can deprive ourselves the, the cure to that is to do what everyone has been called to do yeah there should be no question. I mean, the idea of, Father Luke, what are you giving up for Lent yeah. this year is really yeah. an odd question. It is Because why... Yeah. And uh, and that, uh, again, I think most of us have asked that question out of curiosity. And what, Absolutely. What, what, what we're asking is... I'm sure is, we
1: did the last year on the podcast, yeah, probably.
0: We, we probably did. And what, what we're asking is, how are you approaching Lent? Yeah. And that's that's yeah. that's fine. But if, if we're not careful, then what is your unique Lenten program? Yeah. Like, like the church is is, be, a, is a great is a great fitness instructor. Yeah. And this is for your body composition. What Peloton gonna, class are you doing? Gonna, it? I think we're going to do this. Yeah. Now, before we get too specific, yes, there is a pastoral approach, and Saint Benedict mm-hmm. talks about in his rule that if you're going to do a Lenten practice, you should not do a Lenten practice without the consent of yeah. the abbot. Yeah, that's good. Because you may go, you, you may go too extreme, go too much. and it may be prideful. But, and I had this conversation with my daughter, who was in high school and an athlete, or if you're, if you're young, if you're elderly, if you have a weakened constitution because mm-hmm. of a chronic illness, there are some of these disciplines you should not do. Correct. And the church, in her great mercy and benevolence, says you should, you not, should do not do them, them yeah. because the point is not to harm you, but to help you mm-hmm. and to understand the, 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 the mercy and love of Jesus Christ, because we meditate. the weakness of our flesh but the church basically says in more flowery language don't be stupid about this yeah yeah Yeah,
1: this is for your benefit not your harm. the
0: the comment i was going to make that i that i thought about this morning was because of my household schedule i took my eldest to school and to take him to school and to come to church was a one hour round trip (laughs) and and i'm picking him up this afternoon Mm -hmm. likely another one hour round trip and I wasn't stuck in traffic, it's just, that's just how long it took. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, I take my youngest son every morning, but because of the time and the distance, it's a closer school, it, it's it's a it's a much, much mm-hmm. shorter round trip. But there are people every day who do two to three hours mm-hmm. commute, mm-hmm. and they're just sitting in their car. If you think about that, and we're talking about even song or evening mm-hmm. prayer or ash wednesday or sunday morning we're talking a fraction of that time yeah. which is not wasted right so yes the idea is we 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 spend our time in things that do not produce a lot of fruit mm-hmm. they're necessary like commuting yeah. taking kids to school we can make that sacrifice we should make that sacrifice yeah. of time you postpone your, your your valentine's dinner to the days before not the days after yeah Super Bowl this Sunday, it comes on at 6.30. You can come to Evensong, yep. and God knows you don't need to miss church in the morning because you're watching 19 hours of pregame that's going to tell you the exact same thing, that yeah. it's that it's you know Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy are playing, and we all know that. What else is there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think if you do what the church does, it's so much less stressful. It's not easy. Um, you're going to fail, but... That is one thing that has struck me pretty much since I became Episcopalian and started, you know, really paying attention to what the church has said. I was like, the church The church knows what she's doing. She's produced saints for a long, long time. Yeah. And it's so much less stressful when you finally say, you know what? She knows what she's doing. Let's just do what she says. Um, and th- that's the case I made with my youth when we talked about um, – the responsibilities of the christians and we went through the christian duties and i said look that you know they they sometimes give arbitrary rules of you know if it takes you an hour to get to church if it's under an hour do you have an obligation to go if it's over it's an arbitrary line but i said but but the point is if you do what the church asks you to do it's going to work and if you can just get to that point where you say if i do this it's going to produce fruit if i do prayer fasting, almsgiving during Lent. If I say morning and evening prayer, I'm going to get to Easter and I'm going to be more prepared than if I didn't do it. I mean, that takes so much of the stress away from Lent to individualize it and to perfect it and to make it all about you. Just do what the church has done for thousands of years. And, and, if, and if you don't want to do that, if you find yourself pushing back against that, ask yourself why. Is it not individualized for you enough? Well, why do you need that? Um, maybe there's some there's some pride there. Maybe there's some wrong assumptions about um, the Christian life and, and how, you know, I mean, it could be all sorts of things. But I think it makes Lent so much less stressful when you just say, what is the church asking me to do?
0: Do it. St. Benedict says in his rule, it's taken me a long time to really kind of understand the wisdom in this, is that now he's, he's addressing monks. Yeah, We're not all monks and right. nuns but we we can use that as an analog and to say this is this is a um not an extreme example but this is a this is an example that i can draw from to pattern my life meaning the the rhythm of a of a monk mm-hmm. benedict says the life of a monk should be a continuous lent yeah meaning that the 40 day period should not be a dramatic change in your ordinary life because the things that you talk about and think about right. in lent should should always be present and i think that instead of having a life full of excess and then you have a period of 40 day austerity yeah. and then go right back to excess mm-hmm. you're missing yeah. the point and and the idea of of beginning lent and having some extreme practices but it's divorced from mass on sunday mm-hmm. it's divorced from observance of holy week it's divorced from devotions like stations of the cross i think you're better off not having the extreme yeah. practices that are individualistic right instead come to church every sunday yeah make sure holy week is your priority and if you can come to stations of the cross yeah. beyond that so the, what does the church ask of us? The church asks for us to to pray more, asks us to eat less or deprive mm-hmm. appropriately, depending depending on our health. Yeah. Um, discipline our bodies and to and to give a little bit more. Yeah. You know, almsgiving. So prayer, fasting, and almsgiving yeah. are the things that are the three pillars of this mm-hmm. season. So that's not heroic and and extraordinary outside the normal rhythm of what the Christian life is. Yeah. It's just a bit more intentional. It is, yeah,
1: yeah, and I mean, like you said, if if your uh, entire life is excess, and then forty days of abstinence, and then it goes back to it's just, a crash diet. It's not. It's unhealthy. It yeah, and and it, it's not like the church asks us to fast three hundred and sixty-five days a year. The not church now. has the church has. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the church has lots of feasts and festivals, but if you're Feasting every day, then Easter's not much different.
0: So, what's the church ask? The church asks that we that we fast on Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. and on Good Friday. We'll talk about this, I'm sure, during Lent. No one is asking you to not have anything to eat Correct, on Ash yeah. Wednesday. The, the church is asking, in modern practice, reduce your food intake mm-hmm. so that you may think more and pray more and and let that hunger be uh, an offering mm-hmm. you deny yourself the immediate gratification mm-hmm. of food and and recognize how difficult that actually is Correct. when your stomach mm-hmm. starts to grumble and you're not going to starve but how
1: hard it is not to feed that mm-hmm. that 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 passion that it's yeah. to teach you to control your desires um to to subject them a little bit or more. to teach us that
0: in our attempts we're going to fail and, and not, so there you know. there's the grace of the lord that we must rely on. So yes, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday. Those are the, those are the fasting, fasting days. days. The church asks us throughout the entire year to have a form of self-denial on every Friday mm-hmm. as a commemoration of the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. What's that look like in modern times? You and I both follow the church's general practice of abstaining from flesh meat on mm-hmm. Fridays, except for solemnities. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's the exception. That is not easy to do. When yeah. it's a Friday night and you want a
1: big filet mignon. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I'm not going to out them, but one of our youth kids you know, said one time, why did the church pick Friday to do fasting? Why couldn't it pick like Monday? I had to the remind point? them, Jesus died on a Friday. This is connected to the crucifixion. Um, the church is not I'm just picking willy-nilly. These are connected to the life of Christ, which I always thought was a uh, funny um, because we sometimes think these are arbitrary, but they're supposed to bring us closer to, to Jesus Christ and, and his I think, life, death, and the resurrection.
0: I think in almsgiving, continue your general support of the church, mm-hmm. absolutely. But, but and then do a little more. Be more mindful of mm-hmm. other needs around you and yeah. other ways that you can contribute. Mm-hmm. What would that be? Would that be keep $15 of cash in your car and when you pull up yeah. at the red light and someone's asking for money, just give it to them. Mm-hmm. And don't think twice about it. Don't think twice about yeah. it.
1: Just give it to them and just do that as a regular practice. Uh, one more one more point I want to make about Benedict um, in this book I'm reading. I thought this was really interesting, um, and I'll have to wrestle with it for a while. But Benedict basically says, um, you know, the rules for Lent are to uh, not sin. And then I, I forget what the second one is. It's something about, you know, pray more. Um, simple, but to not sin for 40 days. And uh, the author was basically saying... Um, The apparent simplicity is what he says. An almost commonplace character of the saints' rules for Lent must not deceive us. They are, in fact, startling and demanding to refrain from all sin. Then he basically goes on to say, um, you know, uh, people say, that's impossible. Well, then, if you start small, you ask him, well, could you not sin for an hour? Well, probably. Maybe, yeah. What about a day? Maybe, yeah. What about two days? Well, all of a sudden, you can say yes in the small areas, but for 40 days, it's just a collection of those small things. So, I thought that was really interesting to basically say, take it, take it an hour at a time. Take it a day at a time. Maybe you think, I can't do all this prayer fast and almsgiving during Lent. That's too much. That's over a month. What about a day? Start with Shrove Tuesday. Start with Ash Wednesday and say, take it an hour at a time. Tomorrow, I'm going to say my prayers in the morning. And then, you know, the next day. Tomorrow, I'm going to say my prayers in the morning. And if you start small, you'll find that you can do it during Lent. Um... None of us are going to be perfect for 40 days. But um, I think that mindset is really helpful to not get overwhelmed with it. Start small. Can you say your prayers tomorrow morning? Can you give some alms tomorrow? Yes, do it. Then do it again the next day. And do it again the next day. And you'll look up, and I think, seriously, you, you'll find that uh, adding a little bit more alms, reducing your food a little bit, and praying a little more for 40 days is absolutely doable. How I would rephrase that somewhat,
0: is to say, so that we, we don't get the impression that we can fix ourselves and sure. that we can do enough good works to eliminate sin from yeah. our lives, yeah. which is not what you're saying, but I don't want people to think no, yeah, that's I'm, what I'm we yeah, I'm picking a little
1: paragraph in, the, in a book,
0: but... To approach it daily, maybe the, a, a way to do it is to say, how can I think about Jesus yeah. more throughout the go. day uh, to the point that I can fulfill St. Paul's statement to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about Jesus, you're thinking about your life in Him, then you're not thinking about your life outside of Him or away from Him, which is a way to say, if I'm thinking about Jesus, I'm not thinking about myself in the sense that I'm thinking about doing things that take me from the love uh, and life that I have in Mm -hmm. God may and if you think about Jesus in the morning then you're going to pray. Yeah. If you think about Jesus when you're at the stoplight, you may see you may recognize Jesus Christ in mm-hmm. the person standing there with a sign around yeah. around her neck. That might be a more a different way that is illuminating yeah. to approach those disciplines.
1: Yeah. We're we're such forgetful people. Um it always astounds me, you know, how quickly we are to forget something that we genuinely believe like Jesus Christ is with us but how quickly we forget that so yeah that that's helpful I'm, i don't think what he's saying or what i'm saying is no, you, not know, at all. you can you can be perfect if you try hard enough um but the more you think about Jesus the more you will find yourself doing the things you're supposed to do um and the goal is to think about him all the time and and you know saints have have uh, demonstrated that that is possible for us um holy men holy women have shown us that um, you know holy lives are attainable, not perfect lives. They they fail, but holy lives where they um, are so focused on Jesus Christ that they don't have time to be focused on it's anything. It's a communal else. focus, right? So what we're saying
0: again is, if it's what I can do in my efforts, then we're going back to my individualistic yeah. approach to mm-hmm. to faith, which is rooted in our individualistic approach to life. And mm-hmm. I think, and for me, that's going to be one of my one of my meditations in Lent is to recognize how often our default reaction is to individualize everything. Yeah. This is me. This is this is all tailored toward me mm-hmm. at the expense of my relationship with with other people. It's important to remember we're not denying the uniqueness of the person. That there are things that are unique to me and that I have certain characteristics and things that, that obviously must be addressed but not at the expense of, my, mm-hmm. of being in relationship with the body of Christ, which is where this happens together as we are redeemed and sanctified and we, we are acknowledging our sin and coming to know his forgiveness together.
1: Mm-hmm. I think a, a good way I've heard that phrase before is Christ died for you as if you were the only person on the earth and he did that for every single person. So you are unique. Christ does die for you specifically, but he also did that for everyone else. Um, you know, we all need the same antidote. We all need Jesus Christ, and so we're, we're in this together. Any final Lenten reflections?
0: Just simply that Sunday morning, huge priority, mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. And then the triduum, Monday Thursday, Good Friday, and the Great Vigil of Easter, we cannot express the importance of those days enough. Again, it's only once a year. Mm-hmm. It's it's really one continuous liturgy from Monday Thursday to mm-hmm. to the Great Vigil of Easter. If you've if you've never been, or well, if you've never been or it's not your it's not your current practice, go ahead and decide to do it now. Yeah, go ahead and put it on the calendar. So whatever comes up, whoever comes into town, whatever the case is, you've already got it taken care of. The other thing that I would encourage people to to do. It's always moving would be the stations of the cross yeah. that we do every Friday at five PM in the church. Or if you can't make it, and I we understand that people have jobs yeah. and, and oftentimes those jobs go along past five PM. Yeah. Yeah. Completely understand. You can do those devotions sitting down wherever yeah. you are, yeah. and there are resources online. It's a devotion, it's not a it's not a liturgy that fell from heaven. Yeah. But there are fourteen traditional stations. Of our Lord's path from when He was condemned to death by Pilate Mm -hmm. to His to His crucifixion, the fourteenth station being laid in the tomb. um, You can meditate on those with the traditional scriptures and prayers, or just on your own, Mm -hmm. walking through mentally those fourteen spaces, those fourteen stations. Is one more element to unite yourself to the communal church-wide journey Mm -hmm. from away from ourselves to Jesus Christ on the cross.
1: We will not have uh, an episode next week. We will be doing our three Ash Wednesday services, um, and we'll be a little hungry. But uh, make it a priority. Um, Do it now, and uh, you know if if you commit to it, uh, it's not going to be an issue when it when it shows up. If you make a commitment to go to the triduum now and Easter Sunday, you're not going to think the week of gosh four days. That's It's kind of a lot, or three days in a row, that's kind of a lot. Just make it a priority now, and it's not going to be an issue when it comes up. I'm going to close us with the collect for Ash Wednesday so that we can uh, look ahead a little bit um, to next week.
0: And make the comment, Ash Wednesday collect is the collect that said every day during Lent. And that is something if you're looking to connect more with Jesus
1: every day. say that collect. Yeah, it's in the prayer book. Um, Print it out. Put it on your, I don't know, bathroom mirror put in your uh, on your car mirror make, so it, your,
0: make it your cell
1: phone so wallpaper yeah so when you're taking your kid and having to do an hour round trip yep. you can say that a few times let us pray almighty and everlasting god who hatest nothing that thou hast made and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness may obtain of thee the god of all mercy Perfect remission and forgiveness Through Jesus Christ our Lord Who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit One God forever and ever Amen The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ And the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost Be with us all evermore